Welcome to In the Lead with UCEA, bringing you pivotal conversations with people making an impact on educational leadership preparation, practice, and policy. I'm Monica Bern Jimenez, Executive Director of the University Council for Educational Administration. In today's episode, I talk with Dr. Daniel Reyes Guerra, School Leader Program Coordinator and Executive Director of the Office for Educational Leadership Learning at Florida Atlantic University. He shares how FAU's faculty developed and sustained successful partnerships with their local districts as an integral part of their UPPI success. Welcome to In the Lead, Daniel, and thanks for being here. Thank you, Monica. It's a pleasure to be with you. So let's just get right to it. And if you could tell us about how the FAU faculty decided to pursue the UPPI redesign grant. So FAU had already been in partnership with the school district of Broward County, which is where Fort Lauderdale is. It's actually the sixth largest district in the country. And we had established a pretty strong program with them. And when we had this opportunity, it allowed us to not only revamp that curriculum that we already have running with Broward, but to extend it then to two other districts, Palm Beach, which is the ninth largest district in the country, and St. Lucie, which is a medium-sized district, all within our service area in the state of Florida. So we were really excited by this idea and opportunity because that kind of funding really would allow us to make the kind of deep dives into curriculum and into partnership that universities don't normally provide faculty with. That's awesome. And so if you could tell me a little bit more about the nature of those relationships with Broward and before you started the redesign, what was, I guess, maybe already in place that allowed you to take it sort of to the next level? Sure. So really, the story begins back, I would actually say at the beginning of this century, when <laughs> Levine report came out, basically chastising all of us in ed leadership for not having very strong programs. There are a lot of issues with that report, but at the same time, it was a kind of canary in the coal mine mm. that we really needed to relook at what we were doing. And so over that decade, we started working really closely with Broward County specifically looking at the experiential component of our program because we felt that was where we would have the most connection with the district. And so we revamped our internship program from a one-semester program to basically a three-semester program uh, that was co-developed and co-taught with Broward-seated administrators on a continuum. The activities were on a continuum of observing, participating, and leading in terms of all of the activities. And they also were tied to the school year calendar in terms of the tasks that they were doing. Mm -hmm. And so this was a pretty kind of innovative program that we put together. We presented that multiple times at UCEA with some papers. And at that point then, the state kind of recognized the work that we were doing. And when the Race to the Top grants came through, we were given a grant to further develop the program. So we took that internship partnership model 
And we expanded it to doing the entire curriculum. And so we worked with Broward administrators and co-developed every single course that was in our master's and specialist program that leads to level one certification in Florida, which is what you need to be an assistant principal or a principal. And so we had that strong partnership already with Broward and a commitment on their part to really work with us. Part of what we did then was also expanded who was teaching those courses. So instead of just Broward administrators teaching the internship, we hired Broward doctorate holding administrators, and they had to be administrators that were seated and not retired, who would then also co-teach our courses throughout the program. So having that established, we were then able to kind of replicate that, but then from everything that we had learned over the three years that we had been in that partnership, then bring those new learnings and that continuous improvement to then revamp the curriculum once again, and at the same time, bring in Palm Beach and bring in St. Lucie. Palm Beach, in fact, I had been in negotiations already with Palm Beach because they were seeing that graduates from our program in Broward, which is the program is called Propel, those assistant principals and principals were really showing success in the schools that they were leading. In fact, they actually hired two of our graduates into Palm Beach because they felt that we were producing some pretty strong students. So they were all in on going for this funding from the Wallace Foundation. And likewise, St. Lucie was a district that we had had a lot of relationship with because we used to have a Treasure Coast campus in the north. And so a lot of their students would join FAU's program. And so when they saw what was going on further south, even though we no longer had the campus, they really wanted to join in and do this work as well. So it kind of all came together. Mm. And I think probably the initial important thing that we had already discovered with Broward is the importance of the partnership. And what I mean by that is that we were not just in it to have Broward give us feedback at the end of the year or at the end of the program and tell us how we're doing, Mm -hmm. but really making them an integral part of what we were delivering. In fact, for each of these districts, we set up a steering committee that was headed by equal partners, the head of leadership development from the district and a full faculty member from FAU. And so these steering committees with other representation as well would make all decisions for the program. So Broward was never just a consultative partner, but in fact, they were equal partners in this effort. And I think that that really makes a huge difference. This idea of being equal partners and working together towards that common goal is It's something that's extremely difficult to do, but it's also something very rewarding. And I say difficult because these are two organizations that are very, very, very different. (laughs) And the culture within each of these organizations is very different. And so you really have to create some really strong personal relationships across from the university to the district and back to really make the partnership work. 
which is also something that also kind of scares me because it makes it hard for it to be sustainable or long-term if it's only built on the personal relationship Mm -hmm. between the person who's heading the, let's say, the FAU program and the person who's in charge of leadership in Broward. So that's something that it's really important, I think, that we took into consideration if the faculty member who's in charge of that specific partnership program is gone, have we put in place the right pieces so that there is a successful transition to the next leaders of the program? And in fact, just in Broward alone, over the time that we've been in partnership, we've had four different changes in terms of who's heading leadership development. And likewise, we've had four different changes in faculty as to who's leading the Propel program as well. And it seems to be going as strong as ever. So hopefully that means that we've done more than just creating personal alliances, but created a deep institutional kind of approach to the partnership. Yeah, and I think, I mean, what I hear you saying too, it's sort of building the capacity of the program, right? And of at least the structures within the program in higher ed to be able to continue the work beyond the individual. And so you talked about that sort of joint steering committee at the district level. Was there anything else that the program or the faculty did to try to make that power sharing easier? It's interesting. So let's talk about on the higher ed side. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we did a lot of was really explaining and putting out in front of the dean and then the provost what it was that we were doing and kind of breaking the model that they were used to, which was individual courses taught by individual professors and giving them an understanding that we went for a cohort model. So that meant that not only was it a cohort model, but it was a nomination model. So for you to come into our program, you have to be nominated by an administrator in the district. And then we go through the admissions and selection process to bring those individuals in. And so at first, there was a large kind of pushback about, well, you're going to lose FDE because you're not grabbing everybody on the street to come into your program. And I made the argument, no, in fact, yeah, we're going to see a dip. But when the partnership is established and people understand in these large districts that our program makes a lot of sense, especially if you're thinking that you're going to quickly move up the ranks from teacher leader to assistant principal to principal, then people are going to opt to try to get into our program as much as possible. That allowed us then with the dean and the provost to get them to accept what we were doing. There was a dip in terms of students coming in at the beginning, but now we're fielding cohorts of 30 students, 25 students every semester. And I'm just talking about one of our partnerships. Likewise, in Palm Beach, the exact same phenomenon happened. And in St. Lucie, what we did differently was, first of all, we had to go through a whole application process with SACS, the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools, Mm. to get them to accept that we were going to have classes not on the FAU campus, but in the district offices up north. And that was a whole change in mindset as well. Of course, we're talking Mm pre-pandemic before everybody's online. (laughs) So on the university side, 
we had to do that. On the district side, we really had to spend a lot of time because there were other universities who were feeling, well, wait a second. Hey, districts, if you guys are doing the special program with FAU, you're going to cut us out of the market. We convinced them that, no, we're not going to cut them out of the market. They can continue producing students as well and taking students from your districts. But if they want to do something similar to what we're doing, more power to them. But I think that shows the rigidity of many of the university programs that nobody else went along those lines. There was a lot of change in terms of getting people to look at these programs as Mm non-threatening, as not hurting the financial pocket of either organization, and really bringing into the districts much better prepared and well-selected aspiring leaders. Yeah, that's interesting how we think about that and even don't think about necessarily partnerships across universities, right? But I think it's also interesting that at the beginning, you had three different kinds of relationships with these districts, obviously Broward being the most in-depth. And so I was wondering how you saw the other two district partnership relationships evolve over the time of the redesign effort. So it was really interesting because the two districts, St. Lucie and Palm Beach, so I don't know if this phenomenon fits for other states and other areas, but what I discovered really early on was bringing these other two partners to the table. And let me give you examples of how this worked. So in order to redesign a course, we would bring a representative from each district plus our faculty to the table to do redesign both looking at the courses and we completely redid all of our courses. And so this wasn't like, oh, let's tweak our law course. This was, let's look at the entire program. Let's figure out what are we going to put in that are going to be common curricular threads. Let's have each district define what they're looking for in terms of leadership standards that are specific to the district. And then combine all of those together as we build the, shall I call it, the generic curriculum that's going to get delivered in all three of these districts. And so with the understanding that then once that generic curriculum was developed, that each district would then tweak a little bit so that the context made sense. For example, how you do budgeting in St. Lucie is going to be very different than how you do budgeting in Palm Beach. How the union contract works in Palm Beach is very different than how the union contract works in Broward. Everything from nomenclature, like what do you call a PLC, to who runs a PLC, like some of these union contracts don't even allow an administrator in the room when you're running a PLC, which makes me question whether or not it can be a real PLC. But (laughs) that's a different topic anyway. That's another episode. (laughs) So... In terms of how things evolved with these other districts, one of the things that I think was really interesting was that these districts had never spoken to each other. So bringing all three districts to the table was really insightful, I think, for the leadership development across all three districts. They started communicating and learning from each other. I mean, they're in the same state and in our state, They all run off the same standards. They all run off the same evaluation platforms. And they basically have the same instructional leadership needs. 
these districts are very similar in terms of their demographics as well. So all of a sudden they were talking to each other and we were the medium by which they were actually communicating and getting the research scholarship and perhaps even calling it an outside observation of what it was that they were doing. This really helped, I think, in terms of strengthening those other partnerships and connecting them much more to the work of each other and to the work of the university. Yeah, that's a really powerful example of how a partnership needs to go beyond sort of the two binary, right? The two partners and to think about even expanding how we define partnership. So I guess, yes, I mean, you've talked a little bit about this, but if you could muse some more on what the lasting impact of these university district partnerships have been for you, for FAU. So one of the things that we've seen happen is there are multiple districts now that are coming to our doorstep and asking to enter into partnerships with us as well. Because once you establish a relationship and once other districts see that it works, they become interested. And I think the other thing that many times we don't take into account is that universities are a huge font of not only knowledge, but applicable professional learning that they can use not only for a partnership program, but that they can use for other professional learning that they do with ed leaders in their district. For example, the Northern St. Lucie partnership has expanded to now include Martin County schools, Okeechobee schools, and Osceola schools. And these are districts that are not that close to FAU and Boca Raton, but we were aided by the fact that we moved the Northern Partnership into a online format, synchronous online. So now we are able to deliver this in multiple places. And so if you look at it from that point of view, this really helped FAU and it helped districts to expand the opportunities for professional learning and for delivering these programs to those places that are normally kind of outside of the sphere of the larger institutions in the state. Mm -hmm. I think the other side of your question is for FAU, it not only has established us on a district level, but also on a state level. The state now looks at FAU as being a strong professional learning provider, and they invite us in to various projects that will go statewide. And because everything has to be Florida-based, we don't use the P-cells, we use the Florida Educational Leadership Standards. We have our own evaluation model, but everybody in the state has to follow those. That has allowed us to have a more statewide audience in terms of the work that we do. And it also, from a higher ed point of view, it really affords us lots of opportunities to be engaged in research that normally we would not be allowed to do. What I mean by that is districts are not big on letting universities come in and conduct research for multiple reasons, some of them very good, which are that there's a lot of permitting that's needed that needs to happen, right. especially if there's students involved or if there's any kind of evaluations involved or observations involved in schools, you know, it becomes difficult for districts and they also get a lot of requests. But by having these partnerships, it opens many more doors to be able to 
engage in research, especially in ed leadership research, which is something that is also very challenging. We found that we're now able to partner with these districts in other ways. So for example, I recently landed a praise grant, the name of the grant is praise, that's a national professional development grant for BPK programs and their leadership. I'm doing this with Dr. Misa Barakat and Dr. Sabrina Sembiante at FAU. I think that because we already had our partnership with Osceola in terms of leadership development, that that opened the door for us to partner with them to apply for this federal grant and to get it. We're now engaging all of the elementary schools in Osceola. Their leadership will be engaged in professional learning. We are engaging VPK paraprofessionals in professional learning because what we're looking to do in a district like Osceola is to improve the skills of English language learners so that they are kindergarten ready. Osceola as a district is the district that sits right below Orange County where Disney World and Universal Studios and all of those big amusement parks are. Osceola houses really the workers that work in those parks. And so there's a large Hispanic population and it's really a great opportunity to really move forward to bring those kids who, most of them who speak Spanish at home, their parents only speak Spanish, for us to get them prepared for the English language skills that they need to have to be on parity with the other students that are coming into kindergarten. So that's just one example of the kind of other opportunities that these partnerships lead to with the district. Right, and so in effect, partnerships lead to more partnerships. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Daniel, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed learning about all the good work being done at FAU. And I really hope to have you back again some other time. It would be my pleasure. And it's always a pleasure to be with you, Dr. Vern Jimenez. Thank you so much. We'd like to thank the Wallace Foundation for their support of this podcast and you, our listeners, for your commitment to improving educational leadership and policy to create equitable, ethical, and socially just outcomes for each child. 